Hi, my name is Mike Dillard, and this is Self Made Man, the podcast for those who want to leave their mark on the world and create a legacy of honor, integrity, and achievement in every aspect of your life. I'm glad you're here, and once again, it is time to forge your destiny. I've known Dan Locke for over 10 years now. You know, we both got our start as online entrepreneurs around the same time, and we both did well. But then it felt like he kind of disappeared for a while. I'd see his name pop up every now and then, but I really didn't know what he was up to or where he'd gone. I didn't see him at any events. And then about two years ago, boom, Dan is everywhere. He's giving TED Talks, his ads are all over the internet, and he's suddenly become one of the most prominent figures in the entrepreneur space. So I had to find out what had changed. Where did this new Dan Locke come from and how was he doing it? Well, it turns out that the foundation to this new level in his career was his YouTube channel. Three years ago, Dan started uploading videos to his YouTube channel on a consistent basis, and growth was slow at first. It took him about two years to hit 100,000 subscribers on his channel, but then things started to go exponential, and within six months, he'd hit 500,000 subscribers. Today, he's approaching 800,000 and will likely hit the million mark within the next three to four months. So he is not the only one that has figured out how valuable YouTube can be. Ty Lopez, Patrick Bet David, Gary Vee, Stephen James, and Grant Cardone. There's about 10 people in this industry who've gone all in on YouTube and their businesses across the board have skyrocketed as a result. So what's really involved? How can you build a massive audience on YouTube and what kind of commitment does it really take? Well, today, Dan's going to walk us through his entire evolution as an entrepreneur and how he's grown his brand to a multiple eight-figure business using YouTube as his foundation in a way that he has never shared in any other interview before. But first, before we dive in, make sure you head over to selfmademan.com and I want you to watch an incredibly important video that I just made about the future of this company, our mission and how you can use the knowledge and the mentors that we've gathered here, like Dan, to take your life to the next level. If you're not getting the results that you want in business, if you don't have the confidence levels that you'd like to have, and if you want to know how to really change the direction you're headed in life, then watch that video because I'm going to give you the single most important piece of advice that completely changed my life 12 years ago. And I can promise you this, if you really hear and apply what I'm going to share with you in that message, it will absolutely change your life as well. With that being said, please help me welcome my friend, Dan Locke. Dan Locke, welcome to Self-Made Man. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. Hey, thank you, Mike. You know what? There are two podcasts that I subscribe and listen to, and Self-Made Man is one of them. Uh, thank you, brother. That means a lot. Appreciate it. How, any, uh, any favorite episodes so far that come to mind? There's so, there's so many of them. I listen to almost all of them. I would say I missed maybe just a couple episodes. Nice. Awesome, yeah. brother. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, I'm excited about the interview today. You and I have known each other off and on for almost 10 years now, probably. We were, we're kind of... The old... We're getting old. I know. <laughs> You're so old. <laughs> I know. We talked about this the other day, actually, on one of the episodes where... Uh, yes. You know, we were like, we've been here since before social media and Facebook and YouTube and any of that existed. <laughs> so, you remember the overture? <laughs> overture. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, been, right. uh, it's been a good journey. It's been, it's been awesome. And I'm excited to have you on the show today because you've made a huge transformation in your business 
Mm. I would say over the last one to two years, you can fill us in on the on the specifics timeline wise. Mm. But I've watched you go from what I'll I just phrase as Dan Locke to Dan Mother F and Locke. <laughs> so <laughs> over the last uh, over the last eighteen months or so, and you've just become uh, you've just taken your personal brand to the next level in a in a super strategic way. I can mm. tell you've been very conscious about it. You've been very strategic about it. And I would love to dive into why you've gone that direction, what you've done, and how you've built this brand and blown it up over the last year. Sure, sure. So kind of take, take, take the, your listener behind, behind the curtain, right? Yeah, absolutely. If, uh, if you're willing to do that, I would be. You got it. Absolutely. I, I don't think I've ever talked about it. You, you, you're the very first one awesome. that actually Perfect. interviewed me on this topic. World exclusive. Yes, you are. You are. You got it. <laughs> cool. So tell every. Let's take back. Let's take everybody back to the beginning, and let's mm. cover a little bit of your start as an entrepreneur to give people some context and kind of fill us in on the backstory first. Mm. So I was born in Hong Kong, and I immigrated to Canada when I was fourteen years old uh, with my mom, and because at the time I was. I was getting into so much trouble in, in Hong Kong. I was basically a, a punk kind of kid, very rebellious, and getting into fights and not doing good in school. And then so my mom and my dad also had different, a little bit of arguments. So we immigrated to Canada, and I was living in Wally in, in Vancouver. It's kind of like the hood mm. <laughs> in, in Vancouver. And so not a very good neighborhood. It's got like, you know, drugs and crimes and all of that stuff. And I was living in a one bedroom apartment with my mom. And shortly after that, my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16 years old. And then at 17 years old, my dad actually went bankrupt in Hong Kong. Mm. And so he had a business partner and the business partner basically took all the money and my dad signed everything, guarantee everything. And the, the business partner took all the money and disappeared overnight. Mm. And that was a very devastating thing for my dad. Uh, he lost his confidence. He lost all the money. He was about a million dollars US in debt, but also he lost all his confidence. He never, he was never the same man again after that incident. And so as the only child in my family, I had to, grow up, stop being a boy and mature and be a man and man up and to take care of my mom, to take care of the family. So, and I knew back then I couldn't do that just working, like making minimum wage, right? Or working at a job because I wasn't doing particularly well in school. I wasn't very athletic. I mean, so I'm not going to be an athlete. I'm not going to be an actor. You know, my uncle said to me, hey, you're not very smart. You're not very good looking. You're not very athletic. You should be an entrepreneur. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, thank you very much, uncle. I'll do that. Right. <laughs> and that's how I kind of got into business. So I got in, kind of got into business by accident. It wasn't my intention. Back then, my dream, my biggest dream, Mike, was just to open up like a, a martial arts school and be a martial arts instructor. Oh, that, interesting. That, yeah, that was my dream because I was getting bullied in school and I was taking martial art lessons and I, I, I got like, I got very, very passionate about martial art. And I thought, you know what, if I could get a black belt or something, I can open up a little school, I can do this for the rest of my life. Um, that's, that's cool. Like for me, 
but I know I couldn't provide for my mom doing that. So started my first business when I was in high school, like most entrepreneurs, trying to make a living, right? So the first business I started was just a lawn mowing business. So I got a little lawnmower with a couple of my buddies and we just started you know, doing odd gigs here and there, um, delivering paper and, and uh, we got into like vending machine and, and fixing computers, uh, anything that just to make a little bit of money, right? Always do some, some side hustle. That's what the young guys call, right? The young kids nowadays, they say, they side hustle. Yeah. So been doing side hustle for a long, long time. And that's how I first kind of got into business. And when did you get into the internet marketing side of things? I was, so because of all these crazy business ideas and I tried many different things, right? So I started and failed actually at 13 businesses before having my first success. So 13 failures. And my first success, so I was, I was doing all these businesses, they all failed. And finally, I found a mentor. That's my very first mentor. His name is Alan Jacks. And Alan at the time used to run one of the biggest financial education company in Canada. So he was the very first guy that brought uh, Robert Kiyosaki to, can to Canada to speak uh, before like, even Robert was famous. Cool. And so I worked for Alan for next to nothing for one year and he took me under his wings and he was the very first guy that taught me how business actually works, how marketing works, and how copywriting works. Before that, I didn't even know what is copywriting, like what is this thing? And But he taught me how to do a lot of those things. So I worked for him for, for one year, and then after that, I started my own one-man, you could say, advertising agency as a copywriter in my early 20s. I was probably 20, 21-ish or so, and I was trying to get clients. I was uh, writing these, like, remember the direct mail days, right? Direct mm -hmm. mail, uh, sales letters, long form sales letters. And that's when I started experiencing, getting a little bit of a taste of success. Early 20s, I was making about $10,000 a month as a copywriter. Back then, to a young guy, I mean, Mike, that, that was a lot of money, right? Sure. <laughs> That was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> like, I, can, I can pay the bills. I can take care of my mom. I can pay off some debt. <laughs> like life is, is pretty good, right? So yeah. that's quote, unquote, my first business success, you could say. And so after that, I mean, I remember seeing you do a lot of affiliate marketing and you mm -hmm. eventually got to a point where you're making, you know, seven figures a year. Correct. Take us through that stage real quick. So I was doing all the copywriting for all these entrepreneurs, speakers, and I was writing the sales letter. And one day I was talking to a, a web master, a web designer guy. And he said, hey, Dan, you, I think you should have a website. I said, well, why do I need a website? What do I need it for? Well, you know, you can promote your service. I said, I don't, I don't want more clients. Like I'm pretty, like my appointment book is pretty full. I don't want, I don't think I have time to get more, more uh, like clients for corporate clients. Well, maybe you can, you can, you can sell something online. Well, I said, what I'm going to sell. Well, I don't know, do a book or something. I said, okay, fine. You know, I'll do a book. So I wrote my very first book, um, called psychological tactics. And I printed out, I think, I think it was like a hundred copies or something like that. And I would put it online, like through on bulletin board. <laughs> like mm. it, it makes me feel so old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bulletin board. 
And I remember I got my first money order. Like, Mike, this is like not even merchant account, paper. I'm talking like a money order in the mail, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's what we used to do is say, send your <laughs> check here, right? Yeah, that, exactly. Right. I got my first like money order uh, from the US. And I was, I think I was selling the, the book for, and I printed a bunch of stuff, a bunch of them, uh, like Spiral Bound. And for like $19.95, and I sold one, and then within 30 days, I sold all of them. And I thought, holy shit, if I could do this in my spare time, and I'm offering a book, and it would, it would sell, and I'm generating income, on, and on the side, I'm still working with clients. I'm like, okay, this is something here. So then I read Corey Rudo's course. Mm-hmm. I don't remember back then. Oh, the, yeah. on the Inside the uh, Secrets to uh, Marketing on the Internet, like the two binders, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so I finished that course. And within that, Corey talked about the concept, I think one of the chapters, turning your book, in, book into an ebook, a digital book. And yeah. back then, no, we're not even talking about PDF, I'm talking about EXE file. Yeah, he was the one who invented the first ebook software. That's right. So I bought the, I think called ebook pro, I, I mm-hmm. remember something like that. Yeah. So I, I bought the software, converted it into an ebook, and I bumped up the price to $29.95, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I started marketing online. And very shortly after that, then I was actually making more money marketing online, selling my one first book than my copywriting business, right? So yeah, yeah you, that, you and me both. Right? That yeah. gave me the first taste of Maybe there's something about this internet thing, right? <laughs> Maybe there's something here I didn't know. Kind of like your magnetic marketing story, right? Right, exactly. I had it's him, exactly had him that, printed right? up spiral bound at Kinko's and then, yeah, same thing. That's exactly that, right? So then, okay, then I, I made a decision I'm going to focus because the, the background that I had, the copywriting, a lot of those I found that when I transferred that skill online, it's the same skill set. When you're writing a sales page, when you're writing a headline, when you're writing an ad, it's, a, it's essentially the same skill. And then from there, like I said, I was, I was selling a, a products on eBay. I was importing Bruce Lee collectibles from Hong Kong, selling them on eBay, getting into affiliate marketing. And that's from then on, that's when I made you quote unquote. Now, I do have to say, I think you would agree, timing is a big factor. Because mm-hmm. back, back then, it, it, there's a lot less competition. The cost of advertising is very, very low. Like back then, even Paper Clay and Google, they were very, very cheap. I mean, you back then we could run an ad on on Paper Clay on on Google, and we could sell a forty seven dollar product, and we could be like profitable all day long, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you can scale. You can have a product, and I was building all these verticals, right? All these different verticals, and like I said, timing luck, skill, all that combined, combined. And I was making, you know, very, very good money. I've never seen so much money like in my, as a young person that I'm able to, to provide for my family. Now at the same time, because I've never seen so much money, I was very naive that my friends and I, we would go out there and we would, you know, blow 3000 bucks on, on a night and I don't even drink. Right. <laughs> like it's just stupid stuff. I was, paying for my all my friends uh, vacation their flight and we'll hang out and doing all this stuff and was getting a new car every year so i went through that period of time because i was making money i didn't know the concept of investing and saving all that until after 
And so was making money, but was also blowing a lot of money, right? Yeah, I think we all go through that stage. Yeah. You know, yeah. single guy in your 20s making money. Yeah, you're going to take all of the shit you've put on your dream board and go buy it. Yes, and, yeah. and, we, and we, we believe we got to get all of them in one year, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to accomplish all these things I've wanted in one year. If there's and, money and, in the bank account, then it's not doing any good, right? You got to find a, somewhere to that's, put it. And, and because we are so good at generating money and revenue and at the time for me i always thought oh, i can always make money yes right that, I can is always a, that is a dangerous ability to have in some ways it's very very dangerous now i'm a little bit older a little mm-hmm. bit mature uh, i think most entrepreneurs they overestimate their abilities including me well, you assume that you have this superpower and that you can always pull it out and use it anytime you need it. And mm-hmm. especially after you've done that five, six, seven times, yes, it builds in that bias and you're like, sure. yeah, okay. Until, until at some point it doesn't. And <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, there's a, there's a shift that has to be made. But that's really interesting that we've all gone through that transition we've as we've gotten It's older. like you lose your mojo, right? <laughs> right? And whatever you call that, it's, it's then I realize business success it is the idea, the execution, yes, but timing extremely critical. So there are many, many factors that contribute to someone's success. And I think now I'm more mature. I would never, like you said, how I am now, my brand, everything I do, business is blowing up. I would never in a million years would tell you, hey, Mike, it's all me because I'm so good. I'm so incredible as an entrepreneur. I would say absolutely not. Like my skill plays, it's part of the equation, but maybe, maybe it's 20%, I think. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Well, that's the perfect transition. When did you make the decision and, and have the vision to become Dan Mother and Luck? <laughs> bo- bo- <laughs> boss in the Bentley, wearing the red suit. Because that's a that's a big transition for you, right? It's and it's, it's, been, it's been recent. And, and I want to go back to the moment. Mm. where you had the idea and the ambition and and made the conscious decision to take your career in this path and your personal brand in this path. Where are we? Are we sitting on a couch somewhere with your wife? Are you you sitting with someone that kind of helped you come up with it? But like, that's the moment I'm really most interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with the internet, Right. Let me circle back a little bit because it, it, it's all part of the, the journey and you'll see why I made that decision. So through that period of time, I was making very good money through my Internet businesses. At the same time, I was also traveling quite a bit, um, speaking on different platforms. OK, and mm-hmm. training and educating and and doing seminar. So there was a period of time I was doing a ton of those, a lot of those an event all the time. And even through the training business, that becomes another like very successful business on its own. And I took a lot of that money and put into real estate. That's one thing I, I was smart enough to, to do that. Fortunately, I had the insight 
and also invest in some tech companies, which I was an angel investor, which I invest in 10, all 10 lost money. Mm. <laughs> so, so I thought maybe that's not a very good idea. <laughs> but I, yeah, I invested in 10, all 10 lost money. So yeah, it, it's not, a, it's not a smart idea for someone unless you do that as your profession. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I've, and, I, and I'm saying that from experience as well. Uh, yes. You know, you know, we've both, both been there and done that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, from that from that point on, so I was traveling, I was speaking, and get to one point I remember, because there, there are two, three of these defining moments, because I want to talk about it, it, it leads to why I made mm-hmm. a decision, made a shift. So first is, one time I was in the States, I woke up in a hotel, and I had no idea what city I was in, right? I, I had, the time zone was all messed up, and I said to myself, okay, this is, I'm, this is not good. Like I'm exhausted. I like training. I like speaking. I enjoy that aspect of it. But oh my God, the traveling. It just it's so exhausting, right? My whole my just my body, my mind was tired. So I so I made a decision, no, I'm not gonna travel. I'm just gonna focus on my business. So you notice if you people you actually notice my career, at one point I was out there speaking, speaking, and suddenly people thought I kind of disappeared. I disappear from kind of the promoting my own brand and, and doing training. I was just minding my own business. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a few years of time that you don't see me publishing content, anything like that. And I was just growing all my companies in the background. Right. And then about, I would say this is 30, 31 ish. That's when I got the quote unquote, the, the bug, right? Mm hmm. I want to go out there and I want to speak again because I'm good. But you know, once you, I think, I think circle back to my childhood, how I share with you, I wanted to be a martial instructor. Right. I think at a young age, I've always had a teacher's heart. I love to teach. I love like golfing doesn't interest me. Fishing doesn't interest me. I love teaching, seeing people transform, being on stage. There's something about that. I gotta, I get, I get, I, I get a kick out of that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So, same. Yeah. It's the same, right? It's nothing. There's nothing quite like it. And so I thought to myself, okay, how could I do that? But at the same time, I don't want to do what I did before. I was traveling, speaking, and training three day, two day event. I'm like, uh-huh, I don't want to do that either. So locally, I started a little meetup group called Vancouver Entrepreneurs Group. Okay. And I would just showed up and I would just kind of teach. Didn't charge a lot of money. There was no back end. I didn't need, I didn't need to make money from that because I already make a lot of money from mm-hmm. what I do. So I could just teach. And with like with zero advertising, with like just word of mouth, I started that group and it grew from zero to like 2,000 members in a couple of years, just through word of mouth. And I would have that uh, training at Vancouver Club, which is one of the most prestigious private clubs in Vancouver. And I would just book a room and I would charge like very minimum ticket amount, cover the cost, and I would just teach. So, so I created this environment so I could teach. Very cool, <laughs> yeah, kinda, absolutely. It's just kind of funny. But through that, I met a lot of different people. Now, this goes, now, then I, I thought, okay, if I'm doing this, and you can see it on my YouTube channel, and I thought if I'm teaching, why don't I just record it and put it on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Long behold, before I know it, I was getting traction from YouTube. This is just, I'm taking footage that I have. My guy would edit it and would just put it on YouTube. And this was 
probably two and a half, three years ago, right? Yep. And I was on YouTube, and there was something about YouTube because Mike, as you know, we we know we we have our books out there. You have your podcast, right? That we do a lot of different things, do marketing and do speaking. But I've never had someone walked up to me and say, "Hey, I read your book, or I read your blog post, or even I listen to your podcast." But I've had multiple times, and this is I was talking about back then. I had maybe a few thousand subscribers on YouTube, right? Oh, hey, Dan, I watch your video. Mm. And that clicked for me. I said, okay, maybe there's something here. There's something here. And then here's the defining moment. You want the moment, here's the moment. Okay, yeah. So at the time, I was following a YouTuber called Superwoman. Not called familiar. Superwoman. Okay, cool. And she's like a, an Indian uh, young, young lady, um, comedian, super hilarious. And I think at the time when I was following her, watching her video, she had maybe like a, a million subscribers, a little bit over a million subscribers. Yeah. And, and I was watching her stuff. I watched the, her stuff with, with, with Jenny, my wife, and we just have a good time, right? You're watching entertainment. And I saw a, a promo of her coming, doing a world tour, and she's coming to Vancouver. Mm. Yep. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. I, like, I'm kind of like a fan, right? So believe it or not, Mike, I bought the ticket to see her. Now, you got to understand, her audience is all like teenage girls, right? right. So, so I, I bought the ticket. I, even, I bought the even meet and greet. Like I upgraded, right? <laughs> and so it was the Vogue Theater in Vancouver, and it was a long lineup across the street. Like, it was like a hundred, couple hundred people outside of the theater. Line, you got to imagine all these like teenage girls. Like, yeah, like, and then it's me, Dan Locke in the middle, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's, 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 very, it's like a Justin Bieber concert, like a, a Bieber like concert. Like it's, it's strange. Nice. And I was there and meet and greet. And I was sitting, I think it was like, it's not there some parents, but I'm one of the, was one of the few guys in the audience. I was sitting in the audience. And before the, the show started, she played a video of her getting ready, coming to, like, getting ready for this tour. And when she played the video, the crowd went insane. I mean, like, they were jumping up and down. They were like, yeah, Superwoman, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Just the video. And then when she came up on the stage, it was like a Tony Robbins seminar. It was like Justin Bieber. I've never seen anything like this. And while she's doing her skit and performing and dancing, in the middle, there was a part where she was talking about her story, just sharing. She asks different questions in the audience, and every single person in the audience knows the answer. Like, she would be talking about, hey, what's my favorite ice cream? Everybody would know. Wow. What's my favorite color? Everybody would know. That's when it clicked for me. And I said, holy shit. What if a business personality could do that? What if you could have raving fans like that? What would that do to your business? Right. That's the moment for me. That was, I've never, I've seen so many speakers, so many, like been to so many events, seen so many influencers. I've never seen anything like this. So she is no different. So my question to you, Mike, is she's no different than a real celebrity. Because the reaction from the audience is the same. Sure. But she, she wasn't actually a celebrity, if you know what I mean, right? She was a YouTuber, lack of a better word, 
she manufactured, created this celebrity status in some way, not through mainstream, but through YouTube, through right. social media. Yep. And now today, fast forward, Lady Singh, I think you can see she's, she's with The Rock, right? On, uh, she has The Rock on her YouTube channel. Her YouTube channel now has like 12 million subscribers, wow. right? She's got a best-selling book. She's, she's on like all these like major TV shows. Like I'm talking now, she's main stream celebrity, right? Doing like skit and all that stuff. And that's when I made the decision. Okay. I said, there's something that I've been... Oh, I just... Sorry, I just got to her channel and... And subscribe real quick. So yeah, just type in Superwoman on YouTube, guys, so, if you want to. And you'll see, yeah. right? Yep. And that's when I made a decision that, like, I'm doing internet marketing, but I haven't been fully dedicated, immersed, and made a decision to, I'm going to use, like, fully utilize social media, like, to the highest degree. When I made that shift, that's when... Are you, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Both. Okay. Because I was going to say, usually copywriters are, are introverts. Both. Um, but this requires, a, this requires a whole different willingness to, to get out there and put I yourself out there, right? I, it, it was it not only willingness. I could, if I, I could even circle back. I have those footage where the first time I was talking to a, like, talking to a camera. Mm. Now, I could, I could talk to a big audience. No problem. I can do that all day. But talking to a machine, talking to a camera, I remember back then a one minute like delivery, a script, I would need 10 takes. Yeah. It was so difficult. I would you need to script everything, everything out. I would freeze in front of the camera. And, but I knew that if I, I stick to it, I, would, I could only get better. Right? After 100 videos, my 100th video would be my, better than my first video. Right? And so I made a commitment and the tenacity and you can see now I have over close to 900, almost 1,000 videos on YouTube. We release a video every single day, right? So that, that actually takes me to my next question. You've now got the inspiration and the idea. What do you do when you sit down and say, okay, how do I actually execute on this? And what was your game plan? Mm, good question. So I, at the time, I just thought YouTube was getting traction. So I would focus on just YouTube. So the first... 10,000 subscribers, it took me almost, and actually the first zero to 1,000 took me about six months, okay? Mm. Six months to do it. So it was very slow, very, very slow. My, I, had, I had my mom, I have all my friends, you know, subscribe to it. I got like three Google accounts, subscribe to my own channel, you know? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was sad, <laughs> okay? And no, I upload a video, I got like 12 views and no comment, right? And let's, and let's talk about that because that's discouraging. It's, yeah, it's that doesn't feel good. It's extremely discouraging. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it's like, it, it just doesn't feel good, but that... It doesn't feel good. But you uh, went through it. I went through Everybody it. else I've talked to has gone through it, and the di and the differentiating factor between between those who are at your level now and above is the fact that you kept going anyway, right? Yeah, and and I also saw that this is like this is all this stuff, like all the thought process I went through. It's good questions, and I'll circle back to your question as well. So at the time, I saw after Superwoman, I thought to myself in terms of in the business category, how many big YouTube business figures are there, right? And I, in my mind, I can only think, think of three at a time, right? And I thought, this is amazing. Like all of them at the time, we had like a few hundred thousand subscribers. 
And I thought if I could get to that kind of number, I would be one of the very few. And because I was already doing a little bit of YouTube, so I knew how difficult it is. I actually like the fact that it's difficult because Mike, you and I know Facebook, we can turn on the ad, we can run ads, we can get leads, we can get, you know, drive people to webinar. We can do that with just flipping a switch. Right. This is not like that. Requires this, commitment and yeah. this every damn subscriber you have to earn. And it is so unforgiving because let's face it, you are competing with Netflix. You're competing with all the entertainment that's on YouTube to be able to, to craft a space for yourself. It is the barrier of entry is so high. That's why even still, we fast forward a few years, you don't see that many YouTube, uh, like a business authority, a business figures on YouTube, like that has substantial subscribers. You can count them with one hand. I was going to say there might be at most 10. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Right. And how many of them are at that, like, say, half a million subscribers mark? Yeah, maybe five or six. That's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So I like the fact that bear of entry is high because I just know no one would do it. Right. Like, it's, it's so, even for me, it was so hard. But I did. So that's so cool. So it took me six months to go from zero to 1,000 subscribers. It took me one year to go from 1,000 to 10,000. It took me another year, which is last year beginning of January, 10,000, uh, this is what we're talking, and then for to 100,000 subscribers, took me another year, just one year, mm. okay? Now, so just this year alone, in now, what, six months, seven months-ish, I went from almost 100,000 subscribers to now half a million subscribers almost. Right. So by the end of the year, probably a million subscribers. So the, the growth is geometric, right? Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, YouTube starts to reward you for consistent, consistent action over time. And obviously, as you build that following, you get more minutes viewed, you get longer periods of view, and that's what they want. And they just start to display you in more search results, and it just feeds on itself for sure. Correct, correct. And then, of course, then I also devote my time to building the, the Facebook, the Instagram, then I just went the omnipresence concept, right? When did you decide on the specific look and feel of your brand, right? You've got the red silk suit, mm. you've got uh, the Bentley, and you've mm. got all of these different... You've got an attitude, uh, mm. a certain attitude when you're on video of uh, kind of like the boss, right? For lack of a better Correct. word. It's, it reminds me... It's, it's very Robert Kiyosaki-esque to me. It reminds me of that. Like mm. the rich dad, no bullshit, tell you how it is, like hard yes. love type deal. Yes. And when did you sit down and decide that this is going to be your, your brand, your look, your sound, all of that, right? I think number of factors. Number one, my second mentor, his name is Dan Pena. Mm -hmm. um, and Dan, if you, if you, the $50 billion man, if you search his stuff on YouTube, like he, that's, that to me is the tough love, no bullshit kind of guy. Mm. So he's been my mentor for 10 years. Obviously, he influenced me heavily, right? Um, where I would pick up different things from him. And second, with the red suit, it's more when I, I just, it's not for the, for the brand. It is just, I had the suit and to, at certain settings, when I was on, on TEDx or certain, certain environment, I noticed when I wear the suit, I got more attention. And nowadays, attention is a very valuable currency. 
Absolutely. And, and right. that's, a, that's a question I've got for you here t- uh, today as well. Mm. You've started to do recently like luxury product reviews, right? You did one on yes. Audemars recently and I was like, uh, yes. Dan, dude, that's my favorite brand too. And, and we were chatting <laughs> about it. And yes. um, are you starting to get contacted by these brands to do promotions or partnerships or endorsements or things like that? Not, not yet, but they should. They should at half a million, <laughs> they half should. a million yeah, subscribers. They should. They should. Yeah, yeah I'm, that I am, I am, surprising. I am getting, I'm getting uh, certain brands, but they are not the ones, the ones that I actually wear. Yeah. They haven't approached me yet. However, however, with what I'm, some of the things I'm planning to do, like Mike, you will see where now I have my brand. We're focusing on the social media now. So starting this month, you see, in the next twelve months that I'm actually going more mainstream. Like I have a, a, a bunch of initiatives that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm launching a new book, uh, pushing it to a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Uh, I am going to launch an infomercial. Like I'm going more mainstream mm-hmm. and on top of social media. So you would see a the next level, my my transition, my next level uh, uh, to the next brand. And then you will see a shift as well to that next level. And yeah, so so you, you you will see that, and now during that time, the what I notice is the more this is happening, there's that tipping point. When you get to certain level, I hate to use the word popularity, but it's the the most accurate way of doing describing it. That the world just opens up, opportunities just come your way that I would never never imagine like huge huge opportunities of different things it's not even just business opportunities it's just like it opens up the world there's something about having that strong presence right when people know you they have consumed your content when when they like even right now like he's he's interesting example so i we're doing we're doing this pod uh, interview podcast right Mm -hmm. And Salve Man, that's cool. And and I'm I'm sharing my story. Now I'm just looking at right now, real time, my YouTube statistics example. Right. Okay. In the last 28 days, we, we had over 5.1 million views. Right. We had 27 million minutes of watch time. Yep. So just think about 20, not 2,700,000, 27 million minutes of my content is being consumed per month in the last 20 days while we're doing this, right? Where else can you have, can, can have a platform like that? It's not just YouTube, like of course, Facebook and all that, but it's just incredible the reach that we have, right? Even now, the students I have, before I have students in North America, but now I have students in over 100 countries, right? That's just incredible. From a... A getting started perspective for those who are listening to this right now and they're like, okay, Dan, I'm sold. I'm going to make the commitment. I want to, I want to pursue a YouTube channel. What did you do to start out from an execution standpoint? Meaning, did you go out and hire a videographer? Did you set the camera up yourself? Did you buy a little lighting kit and put it up in your room? Like, what did it look like? Did, did all of that. I tried <laughs> yeah. to buy a camera and got the light, did it work. And finally, I'm like, I don't get this. And, and, and I try to get an uh, editing software. And shortly after that, I'm like, this is not working. So I hire a videographer, videographer 
Uh, and then we upgraded equipment. Uh, so we started part time. Just we would film at first. He would come and film my meetup, and and eventually, then I would have more stuff, and then I hire a videographer full time, and and so forth. So one at a time. So let's say for YouTube now, it doesn't have to be YouTube, but I believe you like you video is the most powerful form out of all of them, without a doubt. And YouTube. Yeah is the only platform that still makes sense to me because Facebook suppresses your content too much. Nobody sees Correct. it. Correct. Instagram is fleeting and mo- you know momentary. You have 15 to 60 seconds of somebody's attention. Correct. If it's in a story, it's gone in 24 hours. Correct. Same with Snapchat. Yes. Uh, YouTube is the only platform where you can make a video, as you've done many videos three years ago, and you're still getting views every single day. Yes. of that content. So for me, and it's, also it's, a search yeah. engine. it's a search engine. People yes. can search your content versus Instagram, Facebook. You can't really search anything, right? No, agreed. So it, it makes a ton of sense to me. It's the only platform that I think is, is worth your investment. And if you're going to mm-hmm. do just one, I think that that's absolutely agreed. That's the way to go. I agree. I yeah. agree. And you don't have to, if you, I have a student of mine who is a, a local, a six figure realtor, and his YouTube channel only has like less than 1,000 subscribers. But for a local entrepreneur, that's good. Yeah. That's very good. Like he gets leads, he gets like he, people recognize him just with 1,000 subscribers. So it depends on what you do. You don't necessarily have to get, oh, I need to get 10,000 subscribers and get 100,000 subscribers. It depends on what you want to do, right? How big you want your brand to be and who is your audience. You know, I, some advice I got Many, many years ago when I first started and I really took it to heart. It took me five years of failing before I finally figured this out and, and realized it was more than a fancy quote, mm. which is uh, that you have to be willing to give before you can expect to get. 100%. And that's not, again, that, it's really easy to take that at face value. And it's a very different thing to actually accept that in like your heart and, and live it. With the expectation of giving, 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 without the expectation of anything in return, genuinely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what YouTube takes. That's what uh, really anything takes. A podcast takes, whatever it may be. You, you, exactly. Like we, I, I'm sure like even when you share a story with the podcast where you were doing it more uh, in the, all, all out of passion, out of, hey, you know what? I, you can, I can talk to all these great entrepreneurs and, and have these fascinating conversations. Forget if I get any listeners, I would just do it for myself, right? I would just, this is awesome, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's been three years now and I've, I've never monetized the podcast. I don't have any ads. Go. I don't have anything. There you uh, go. Yeah, this is a one-way route of me trying to give value to my audience and my listeners. And I don't make money from this, so it's not a part of my business model. It is in the fact that there's a, a value component, but I'm not making my living cashing checks from ad revenue from this show because right. uh, there isn't right. any in fact i lose two or three grand a month on production costs and editing right so there you go there yeah. you go and i think from coming from our how should we say this like our generation of entrepreneurs like from our space mike you and i we talk about this when we're in person we notice a lot of the even lack of a better word, like experts and, and gurus and all of that, uh, a lot of them, they come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them, at one point, some big names, you, you and I would both know, and they were huge at one point, and now they're like nowhere to be found. Right. 
And, and I think this is just my perspective that when the transition happens through social media, a lot of them couldn't pivot and adapt enough that let's call those the direct response marketers, right? And they, they will, Hey, you know what? I'm going to run an ad. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do a campaign. I'm going to do a launch. I want to see money right now. But the, with a the new social media, with how people consume content, how people buy, it's completely the opposite. So now think about it. I'm asking someone, I want you to build this platform. It could be podcast, could be YouTube. You are going to create a hundred videos. You're going to put a year into this before you see anything in return. They're like, hell no. <laughs> They're like, hell no. I said, okay. Right. And, and so they just can't wrap their head around it that the people like myself that who, who did it now you, you get, you get the, you get the, you get the attention, you get the, the trust in the marketplace, you, you get the customers, uh, the whole, the whole thing becomes, it's almost an unfair advantage, right? Uh, and it is. And now what, by the time they want to catch up, they can't. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like we, as we mentioned, there's less than 10 on YouTube, right? Less you, than 10. you, Ty, uh, Grant, Gary, Grant, Gary, Alex Becker, maybe, and, and, maybe, yeah. uh, Valuetainment. Um, that's it. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Right. It isn't, isn't. And so, and it's not a competition. It's just that I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in the business space. It could be fitness. It could be in relationship. It could be in whatever in niche that you choose. But my guess is, Chances are there are not a ton of YouTubers. Now, here's the crazy part, Mike. With me, so people see on YouTube, but the way I structure my company one step at a time, I, I shared that with you last time, right? Mm. Uh, where right now, from myself in, in one camera, doing trying to do it on my own, doing myself, to now evolved, I have three people on my full time, on just a video team, mm-hmm. right? I have two, three guys just on Instagram, right. right? I have four guys just on Facebook, full time, right? So my social media team, last time I talked to you, I think I had like 18 people, right? Right. Uh, now it's already like 20, 24. Wow, yeah. So just the social media. So I, my mind, instead of thinking of, Oh, I'm in, in whatever business. No, the, the, I mean, I'm a media company, right? That's the way I, I view what I do. Every other businesses, all that it's built around this, but really the core of what I'm building, what I'm doing right now is a social, it's, it's a media, it's a media company. So my team, all of that, it's, it's media, it's producing content, being prolific, getting distribution, getting it out there. And I do so much in terms of quality and quantity, um, data, analytics, like some of the stuff that we are doing, it's just, even it's, it's pioneer. It's someone that's never seen this before, right? Like you would see, like most people, they would have usually one thing very strong, right? Let's say for you, your podcast is extremely strong, right? Or, or someone who has a very strong Instagram or someone who has a very strong Facebook, mm-hmm. but very few people, maybe except, I would say Gary, Gary Vee, mm-hmm. that is strong across the board to some degree. Well, didn't he, didn't he recently put out, or I read in the last week that he has, I think, 20 or 20, 23 or 24 full-time staff members at VaynerMedia running his 
just content personal. production only. Yep. And they, I think they produce 50 pieces either a day or a week. Yep. That's a media company for it's a media one person. Company. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it, it's absolutely. It's so, yeah. but when you could, now I'm not saying that you got to do it overnight, but like for someone listening to this, you can start with just one platform focusing on that. And then as you grow, you, you would add more and more, more like team members if necessary, but you got to treat it like you cannot be, okay, I'm running my business in my spare time, whatever left time I have left, I'm going to do some of this post and social media stuff. You need to flip it around. And knowing that, you know what, that is the business, right? Yeah. That is your priority. When you can make that shift, then it changes the game. And that's how you can see why you get those leaps and bounds of, of like growth. And I'll give everybody the same piece of advice that Lewis House gave me when I started this podcast. Because I, when I ha- thought about doing this, I, I called him up and I was like, Lewis, what do I need to know about, about building a podcast? And he's like, don't even bother unless you're doing it. You're willing to do one show a week, every single week for the next two to three years. Yes. And he's like, just don't even bother unless you make that commitment right now here today. Yeah. And uh, he's like, that's how long it took me to get, uh, you know, his show into momentum. And, you know, here we are three years later with self-made still doing it. And yeah, and it's the biggest ROI thing that I have ever done. Yes. From a time invested, money invested, and then yep. ROI back. And when I say ROI, I don't mean money. I mean goodwill. Yeah. It's the single biggest ROI I've ever experienced. And I, I am 100% positive you feel the same way about YouTube, obviously. It's 100%. And yeah. if you think in terms of marketing, the old days, let's say the old days, where you are building a list or you send up a message and here's the offer, uh, that's okay. But now, so think about it, that's a more vertical process, if you can visualize this, right? right. They come into your funnel, email, build trust with the email, and then uh, here's an offer, and, and, and you, you get customers. That's okay. But nowadays, if you look at even delivery in terms of email, everything else that's out there, you gotta flip it around. So every single piece of content, so instead of looking at vertically, think of the funnel as horizontally. You are taking your sales message, you're breaking it up into 100 pieces, and you distribute it. And any given time, someone can do a, do a could be an Instagram story, they consume bits and pieces of it, they listen to your podcast, they watch one part of your video, or, or they watch one of your ad, and then now they want to do business with you. It is like that. So I've, that leads me to a question. Is there a hire that you made at your team for someone who essentially owns the execution of all of this, right? Is there someone who's at the top of your media company that is managing your other 18 people and helping determine the schedule on a daily, weekly, monthly basis of content and the distribution of it, making sure the quality is there, measuring the analytics, giving you a report on a weekly or monthly basis of, hey, here's how everything's doing. Is there Mm. a person in that role at your company right now? Yes. So I have a social media director. His name is Desmond Soon. He's been with me for three years. Okay. But I also have a a branding, a CMO, chief marketing officer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her her name is Charlie. And so at Charlie, I have Desmond. And then within that, each platform has a, a, you could say, a director of its own, right? Right. So director of Facebook. Yeah, each channel head, right? So... There's not one person's role because no one person can do it. And the big strategies, the creatives, the ideas, uh, all, most of those comes from me. 
Did those two key people have prior experience in that world or did they just come into your company and they grew uh, one into Charlie Charlie has tremendous experience uh, in now the PR okay uh, a huge experience mm. uh, and brand in terms of branding and how did and, you how did you find her uh, you know what every single person on my team I've never put out an ad I have never some of them they see what I'm doing they just approach me and say hey Dan, I want to see, you didn't need help growing your Instagram. Do you need help growing this? And I tried different people. So it's, it's very organic. And then some worked, some didn't. But not one of them I put out an ad. Every single one is either through a referral or they're actually students of mine. Cool. Very cool. Right? And so the culture, all that is very strong. And they, yeah, and then we just work together as a brand. And I want to emphasize something. At this point, the you could say the Danlock brand is not like a, a it's not a man, it's not a person anymore, right? It's it's my team, it's our brand, it's their brand, it's not just me, right? It's way it's like it's evolved way beyond than just me. Like I play my part, I'm the teacher, I am the the spokesperson, but it's beyond. It's like making a movie, right? You have the actor. But really, to make a movie, you need 100 other people. It's right. not one person, right? right? So I'm the actor, but no, we have the director, we have the writer, we have the sound engineer, we have the light, all of that, all those people. It's the same idea, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome, brother. It's been, it's been super cool to watch, and I can't wait now to see what you're, what you're doing over the next 12 months. <laughs> Some crazy, um, crazy things you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's it's uh, super cool, man. Well, congratulations on all of your success. Again, it's, been, it's just been really neat to, to witness. And where can folks go to connect with you the best? Obviously, your YouTube channel on uh, yeah, Dan Lock on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, Instagram, at Dan Lock, Facebook, all the social media. They, they, they can find me. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Well, thank you so much for the time today. This was awesome. I know we've talked about bringing you back on to talk about your your teachings and wisdom when it comes to sales, because you and I can both say that that is the one skill set that changed our lives and that I would say is necessary for every single person who wants to become an entrepreneur. You know, at least speaking for myself, that was the most difficult challenge that I ever had to overcome being a, an introverted person. Mm-hmm. But it's possible for everybody. Correct. There are different mediums and styles of selling that will work for you no matter who you are. And, uh, and I know, Dan, you're one of the best in the world when it comes to teaching uh, at that subject. So I'm looking forward to that follow up. You got it. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much. Go subscribe to Dan's YouTube channel. It's phenomenal, the content they're putting out today. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with everybody that you know. And we'll see you next week. Take care.
Thank <laughs> you.